I'm Laura Austin. Dating and getting married was quite a journey for me, and now I can't seem to stop talking about it. So here we are on a podcast. Welcome. Hello, I hope you are well today. I am back to talk a little bit more about being intentional this summer with your dating life, partly because on the last episode, that was really what I talked about, kind of setting goals for your dating life in this next season of summertime. And I'm sure you notice, and a lot you may just notice this generally about my work, but that episode in particular, I do focus on someone who would like to be dating, would like to be meeting people, and is not currently getting asked out or going on dates or what have you. So really that very just initial getting things going. And so after I posted that episode, side note, thank you for your graciousness with the technical issues we had. (laughs) I'm recording on a different app this time. So hopefully we will avoid awkward silences (laughs) in the middle of the episode. Um, However, after that episode, not only were we working on the technical side, I also started to have some ideas about what you could do to be intentional if you are currently seeing someone. Maybe you are in that early phase, the early weeks of getting to know someone. And how could you be intentional um, during the summertime as you look ahead at these next three three months? Because I really think that being intentional, making plans is actually really helpful as you continue on in the dating process, even if you've decided to be exclusive with someone, or even if you're just not even quite exclusive yet, but you've just gone on a few dates and you'd like to go on another one, there's still a lot of space there to think ahead, to think about what would be wise or what would be helpful as you get to know this person. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. Now, I like to think of that early phase, those early weeks um, of dating, I consider that the gathering information phase, right? So meetups, first dates, they fall into this because you're just trying to meet the person, <laughs> decide like who are they in per- in real life? Do I want to hang out with them one more time, right? You're just trying to figure out what do you actually look like if you've met them online? What does your voice sound like? What's your presence like? Do we have a good vibe going on? Do we like hanging out? Do we like talking? You're gathering some of that basic information about them. But this phase continues because even if there's initial physical attraction or personality attraction or any sort of feeling drawn to the other person, you still don't know them very well. And so you are going to be in this gathering information phase for quite a while. And what I mean by that is you're really trying to answer two different questions. The first one is, is do you like him? Do you know, and really back to my question of do you want to hang out one more time? Do you like them enough to spend more one-on-one time with them? So you're trying to answer that question. Do you like him? Gathering information to help you decide. And the second question is, is he a man of character? Is he someone that's both like moving towards the things that you're moving towards as a believer that would be glorifying God, ministering in the church and to the world, um, loving others, so forth, right? Um, Is he someone who has virtues of, you know, various things that we see in Scripture, of a mature Christian? Is he someone with strong faith? Is he trying to set aside sin in his life? Um, Like I mentioned, is he loving other people with his words, with his actions? How does he spend his money? Um, What is his life about, right? What is his, what are his big sort of why he does or why he acts the way he does? We want to be with someone who has similar values to you, right? And who is wanting to live his life for Jesus and based on what we see in scripture um, is how the Lord kind of lays out the Christian life. And so you're trying to ask yourself that question, is this guy a man of character? That's a really good question to answer 
And I would say it takes time to figure this out. So as we have these two questions, do you like him? Is he a man of character? There's going to be some obvious ways that you will start to figure that out. One being spending one-on-one time with him. So clearly that's important and fun as you start to like him or enjoy being around him. Of course, you're going to spend one-on-one time with him. And that part's so fun, right? Um, But there's also a way... Um, There's a couple tools I want to talk to you about today that will help you go about this, answering those two questions in a way that's wise and actually helps you figure out the answer to those questions rather than just needing to rely on your emotions or how you feel in the moment or kind of reacting to his actions, kind of always feeling like you're like just reacting and not able to take action. There are two tools I want to encourage you to utilize as you kind of move forward in the dating process. And so the first one is to let the guy or or kind of make him in the sense that like not demanding, but putting up some healthy boundaries that allow a guy to earn his way into your inner circle. And what I mean by that is that, you know, if you kind of think of the relationships in your life as having like you're in the center, like you think of some concentric circles you're in the center and there are probably just a handful of people that are really in your inner circle. I know we all know what that phrase means. So it could be your family, your parents, um, best friends, roommates, a couple people like that person that really knows you well, that they're, they really know all the different facets of you. They, they didn't, maybe don't know every little thing, but together as a group, that inner circle really gets you and they've seen you in your hard moments. They've seen you in your great moments. They're people that you go to for wisdom They are people that get to hear about your day, you know, like when you're just chatting about your day or whatever. So sometimes it's because you've built relationships. Sometimes it's proximity. Like you might have a couple work colleagues in that inner circle because you trust them and they get your job and you guys are able to talk about it freely and so forth. It might be your roommates. And maybe, you know, this is where your inner circle can change over time, depending on the seasons of life that you're in. So it might be for a season, a certain roommate that you live with becomes kind of a, a close friend, an inner circle person because you see her every day. And so she gets to hear about your day. She gets to hear about the things that went well, that didn't go well. And then as you maybe move on and don't have her as a roommate, maybe that friendship kind of fades a little bit, not in a bad way, just kind of naturally. And then someone else kind of steps in. So you just have these people. It's a, there's a little bit of ebb and flow in that inner circle. But some of the people, you know, like your parents, siblings, close childhood friends or close friends you met in college, like some of those people stay there, right? And they're really in your inner circle. Well, what I want to suggest and what I've noticed, um, you know, kind of going out, like I mentioned, sorry, going back to the concentric circles, you kind of go out from there. So you've got your maybe a few people in that very inner circle, the next circle out, you know, is friends that are close, but maybe not quite in that inner circle. And you get the idea going out from there. Um, eventually, you end up with acquaintances, you know, people you just casually know or what have you. Um, so that's that's kind of the idea of what I'm talking about. Now, what I would say is that our phones, the way that we use them and the fact that we have this computer with us all the time in our purse or backpack or back pocket, <laughs> we have some like people have access to us now all the time. Whereas, you know, before smartphones were around or before it's just cell phones, you could leave your house and the only people you'd be in contact with were the people you stopped to see or that you saw at the place that you were going, right? And now with having cell phones, we 
like people can access you all the time. And this is where we're all like, yeah, this feels like a little much. I need to unplug. Um, and so I would say that this can be a real negative in the dating world because it creates creates some false intimacy. Um, and so it's in some ways, it's a neutral thing. It just is what it is. We all have phones now. Um, you're often meeting guys on dating apps or utilizing texting, even if you've met him on a setup or you know, you've met at church or another place. Using a phone call or texting, texting really is the main one. It's just naturally how we communicate now. So I don't think we need to get all weird about it and be like, oh, I wish we weren't doing this. But what I'm saying is the downside of that, while it's helpful to be able to contact someone, the downside is that we've created some false intimacy. So someone now, you know, maybe in the past, the person you would call in the middle of the night in an emergency um, you know, there's probably only a small handful of people that you would pick up the phone in the middle of the night, right? For me, it was like my parents, my sister, and my roommate who hadn't gotten home yet. You know, it's like, oh, I pick up the phone and answer because maybe it's an emergency. I need to help her. Well, now anyone can contact you any time of day. <laughs> and while, again, there's positives to that, there's also some negatives. And so you're meeting someone, you're getting to know them. Well, suddenly they have access to you all the time. And I'm suggesting that there might be wisdom in really putting up some healthy boundaries at the start because just to be able to limit some of that access that a man has to you. Let me like explain that a bit more. So back to my concentric circles of like inner circles and our relationships. You think of your inner circle and the concentric circles going out. Well, on the outside of all of those circles of, you know, people that you know are people you don't know, obviously. So you meet this guy maybe on an app or again, a setup, what have you. You don't know him except that, okay, I now know he exists. I know his name, what have you. He's on the outside of all of your relationships, right? And your phone or the way that you've met him suddenly puts him in the inner circle just because he has your number or you've connected on an app or however else you know. He suddenly has a tool, this cell phone, texting, or messaging on the app, he has a way to get a hold of you whenever he wants to. There are no boundaries of when a text can go through or a message. It can show up and notify you anytime. And I think that it would be better to make him earn his way. He needs to work his way from the outside circles of your of relationships that you have. He needs to earn his way and kind of show that he's worthy of getting into that inner circle. I don't mean I don't mean to imply that he should never text you or that you shouldn't respond to a message from a guy. That's what I'm saying. That's This is where we're at. This These are the types of communication tools we use. I'm saying, what if we used some wisdom to put up some natural boundaries that require a man to put in some effort to reach you? I think that that's wise. I think it elevates your own understanding of your value and your time. And I think it actually, I think men and women, we're, we're like, our souls want to put effort towards things. Like sometimes the easy way might seem more comfortable, but it actually is kind of soul killing. <laughs> so we actually are, God made us to work at things and to see God work through our efforts in order to achieve something. Something happens there. It matures us. It allows us to find wisdom. So some simple examples of this, just, you know, I'm sure you, I've hopefully got you thinking of ways you could put some boundaries in. There's just some simple things that kind of some somewhat fall under this idea of just staying connected to your current inner circle. Because sometimes if you're, especially if you're physically attracted to the person or you've started to realize, oh my gosh, I really like this person, you want to talk to them all the time. So you're kind of like, oh, he texted me. I would like to talk to him. 
which is good. We don't want to totally ignore those feelings. I'm not saying those feelings are wrong. I'm saying what if we, you know, again, I tend to, if I'm trying to be wise about something, I haven't found it super helpful to say, no, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. I tend to try to find the positive thing that, okay, I want to do this. And naturally, that means I'm not doing this other thing that I'm trying to avoid. So we're trying to avoid kind of that false intimacy. So kind of connecting with someone a ton before that you even really know them, before you've even met in person, before you've spent more than an hour with him or what have you. So my suggestion is to look for the positive and you want to stay connected to your people, your inner circle, your next couple circle of friends. And a couple of ways you do that is just, again, here's some ideas would be, you know, maybe you are, you've just finished your day at work and you see you got a text or a message from that new guy you're talking to. You're excited to respond. What if you called your best friend on the way home from work first? before you responded to that message. So that best friend now gets the very first download of your day, gets to hear your stories first. You connect with her, someone who already loves you, already cares for you. You're connecting, you're filling that emotional need that you have in a day to connect with someone. You're filling that with someone who already knows you. Or call your mom, call your dad, text your sister, whatever it is. Connect with someone already in your life. And then once you've kind of had a moment, then go ahead, text the guy, respond to that message. But you've kind of, you've filled up your relational cup, if you will, and like made a connection with someone. And then you're responding to this text or message that someone has sent you. That's one simple way to do it. Um, Don't cancel plans with friends you have in order to spend time with him. He needs to fit into your life, not you rearranging your life to spend time with someone that's brand new. He gets to earn his way. Because here's the thing. You're trying to figure out if this guy can be your inner circle. You're trying to find out if he's like your first person, your main person, right? That's what the goal of marriage is, to be able to rely on each other as your first person. So it, it makes sense that you're testing him out or trying to see if he's in the inner circle, what I'm recommending is instead of just dumping him in there and trying it out, I'm suggesting help him earn his way into that place. And so that looks like making sure you, like, if you have plans one weekend and he says, hey, can I take you out on Saturday? But what if you have plans with your family or you have plans with your friend or what have you? And sure, those friends will probably understand if you cancel. I still think it's better to keep your plans and tell him, oh, I'm, I would, you start with a positive. I would love to see you. I am busy Saturday night, but I'm free earlier that morning if we just want to grab coffee, or I could meet up the following Saturday. Throw out some ideas. It's the two of you. You're both trying to gather information in this phase. So what if you threw out the idea of you know sticking to your plans, don't cancel things, even though your mom and dad will understand if you need to reschedule dinner. But what's happening there? When you reschedule dinner with your parents in order to spend time with this brand new guy that doesn't even know you, you're showing that there's more of a priority. And I'm okay with you making dating a priority, of course, but I don't want you to set aside these like important, um, helpful, loving relationships you already have just in order to make time with the guy. Because when you're telling him, oh, you know what? I have plans, but I would still love to see you another time. You are communicating your interest and you're communicating that your time is valuable. And so maybe next time he might need to, you know, plan ahead a little bit more and ask you for your time. Or maybe, you know, he just, he starts to realize, oh, her family is really important to her. You didn't say that. You didn't say, my family is important to me. (laughs) What you said was, oh, I'm having dinner with my family, but I would love to see you tomorrow. 
Do you see how you're like just in simple ways communicate? You're not lying. You're not putting on a show. It's not a game you're playing. You're just practicing sticking to the commitments you've already made while also trying to get to know someone at the same time. So again, you don't need to stress like, am I doing this wrong? It's just the basic, generally speaking, stay connected to the people you already know don't don't cancel plans like try to start to fit him in and you may have a very busy life where you do have to start rearranging some of your schedule in order to date someone that is very normal cuz if you're trying to live a full abundant life right now you might not have a ton of extra time um and so it makes sense that eventually you will need to start to make space for this guy but that's what i mean by letting him slowly earn his way into that inner inner circle over time it will just naturally start to happen but putting some things into place like connecting with people you already know, sticking with plans you have, that just sort of communicates to him, oh, this is going to be a gradual process and I I want time with this girl, so I'm going to start to plan ahead or I want to make, be really intentional with the time I spend to her. Okay. Um, yeah. And like I mentioned, it could just be a simple call. It could be texting your friend, you know, like, oh, I'm talking to him on the phone tonight. I'm going to text that friend. I, you know, I'm going to text my other friend first and ask her to pray for me if I'm nervous or just chat with me a little bit or try to connect with your roommate before you make the phone call or what have you. Just simple ways, even before a date, like, hey, can we, uh, you know, sit and chat for a little bit with your roommate before you leave on the date? There's just little ways to connect with people you already know before you're hanging out with someone you've just started dating. Okay. Um, okay. Last suggestion here. I'm just looking at my notes. Um, okay. Two things. One is that to maybe consider how late you text or hang out with someone. Again, this is a very simple idea that, uh, you know, kind of the evening, like late into the night, it's kind of an intimate time. I don't just mean that like physically, but it's just as like, who are you around late at night as you're growing up, as you get older? Like it's the people you live with, right? <laughs> so it's your family, then potentially roommates. That's who you're you're with it, in the nighttime, right? I'm thinking like after nine, after 10, like there's times when you're going out and you're staying out later than that, obviously. Um, but really when it comes down to it, like that's the time you spend with people that you live with. So really consider in these early weeks, like how late do you want to be texting with someone personally? I think that the guy, should it should take a little time. He should put in some time with you before he gets to text super late with you. I mean, like after nine, why does he need to talk? Like he, let's all go to bed a little earlier. Let's all talk with the people we live with. Let's not be up late talking. I want him to text you during the day. Like make him think ahead a little bit. Like, and again, you don't have to be like, I don't text after nine o'clock. You don't have to be weird about it. I'm just saying, if you get a late night text from him, don't respond wait until the next day in the daytime, normal time of day. And if you're at work or whatever, and you're like, oh, I tend to respond to friends after five, talk after five. If you have this idea in your mind, like, oh, if I don't respond right away, he's not going to like me. If I don't respond right away, he won't know I'm interested or I'm going to scare him. Like I'll push him away if I don't respond right away. No, we're looking for someone who's actually interested in you, who is a mature person who can realize, oh yeah, I texted at like 1130. That's time when most people are sleeping or you really should just be like talking to someone you live with, you know? So again, it's just this simple idea and for your own self, decide for you what is wise, what would make sense? Like how late would you hang out on those first few dates? How late would you text or call? And is there a way to just decide, you know, I don't really text late with guys until they're my boyfriend and 
or whatever, whatever it is. Again, I don't need to make these rules that are like, oh, you've done something wrong if you break it. I'm just trying to suggest these might be some ways to, yeah, help ease that guy into see if he can earn his way into the inner circle. And all of this falls besides just um, kind of having him earn his way into your inner circle. It really kind of goes along with my belief that there's a lot of wisdom in slowing down the beginning. So you do not have to be exclusive with this person right away. You don't need to go on two dates and decide if you want to be in a relationship or be his girlfriend. I think there's a lot of wisdom in slowing down communicating interest, saying, you know, I'm telling the person, I really am enjoying getting to know you. I'm not ready to be your girlfriend or I'm not ready to be in a relationship, but I would like to go out again. I want to keep getting to know you or tell him I like to slow down the beginning. I'm not quite ready to be exclusive yet. Now, mind you, that opens up the idea of that you could go out with someone else. You don't have to. It could just be a mindset that you have that you know you're not his girlfriend yet. You're not exclusively giving all your attention and focus to him yet. So there's just some wisdom there in slowing things down. That's where all this kind of falls into. And so that you're not feeling this pressure to decide if you're ready to be in a relationship and just kind of allow some casual dates to happen, some time to hang out together, time to continue gathering information and figuring out, do you like him? And is this guy a man of character? Now onto that kind of a little bit more of that second one is um, being able to get to know this guy within community. That is my second tool. So you, the first tool was making him earn his way into your inner circle. The second one is getting to know him in community. And basically, I just mean spend time with him with other people. So I, again, I already mentioned, obviously, you're going to hang out one-on-one. But what if this summer, if you are starting to see someone or you have been for a few weeks, what if you thought ahead and thought, how could I start to be around him with other people around. This is going to take some intention. It takes a little bit of planning, but I have some ideas for you to get thinking about this because you you might just start, you maybe you like this guy a little bit, but you're like, I'm not sure about where his faith is, or I'm not sure what his what he thinks about family or what he wants for the future. Have You have all these questions. And sometimes a lot of questions like that, that you can't know the answer to quite yet. Even the two questions I'm suggesting, do you like him enough to keep going out? Is he a man of character? It's stressful to have to sit with these open questions that you can't possibly know the answer to within a couple of dates. That's what's stressful about dating. And you have to kind of let yourself (laughs) rest when you need to, right? So you have a lot of questions when you're dating. And so one way to deal with those is to actually think about them and write them down instead of them letting be this kind of vague, big question anxiety in your mind. Like, what if you got your journal out or piece of paper and wrote down the things that you're like, oh, I wonder this about him or this thing or what have you. And then you started to be intentional about the questions you ask when you're hanging out with him or with the sorts of activities you're doing when you're hanging out. Um, This can all be more casual than maybe, maybe it feels like a big deal to introduce someone you're dating to your community, right? And it felt that way a little bit for me because I hadn't dated. And so bringing a guy to something felt like, oh my gosh, Laura Hasbrook is brought a guy to this event or to church or just meet my family. And I had to kind of just get over that and not worry about that so much. I think in the movies, that's kind of the big deal, like meeting the parents. There's even a movie called that. You know, like there's we kind of put a lot of weight to this. And it can, we want to acknowledge that those feelings are valid. However, what if even though maybe it feels like a bigger deal, what if we chose to believe that, oh, this isn't that big of a deal. I can introduce this guy to someone. It doesn't have to mean that we're definitely boyfriend, girlfriend, or that we're getting married someday or what have you. Like, what if I 
reminded myself and told myself, what if I just believe the idea that this can be more casual? I can introduce him to people. And if it doesn't work out, that's fine. It's just someone that my family got to meet. Um, It can be good to talk to the guy about some of these expectations. Again, not in a sort of, you know, boring sort of, I'm starting to introduce you to the people in my life. (laughs) I think there could be some of that. I think it could be bringing up like, hey, I would love you for you to meet my friend Tracy. Could we all, you know, hang out this weekend or something? Like there's a way to casually kind of talk about it, you know, rather than kind of just not bringing it up because it's good to talk about expectations. So if you are meeting your family, um, again, being able to be casual about that, um, in my mind, like a simple example would be maybe your family has dinner every week and you're able to just bring him along one week and try to prep your family before. Like, we're not boyfriend, girlfriend yet. Would y'all just chill? You know, like, you know your family, figure out if that's wise. Maybe that's a little too much pressure. So maybe it's like, hey, uh, my family's hanging out on Sunday for my brother-in-law's birthday. Would you want to, you know, swing by at the end and hang out for dessert? You know, so he, you have some family time, but he joins at the end. Or maybe you're on a date, just casually hanging out, and you're like, hey, you want to stop by and see my parents real quick? I need to grab something from my room or, you know, whatever it is. I need to pick something up from my mom. or, And so you stop in and say hey to them talk with your parents for 20 minutes, and then you leave. Like that, it doesn't have to be this, I'm bringing this guy home to meet you sort of thing. And obviously, you know your parents and how they're going to react. So it might be that you have to kind of train them in this or like bring them along in this process to say, I really want you to meet these guys that I'm meeting, but we all, I would like all of, like if we could, I would love for it to be more chill. So I'm going to do my part by trying to be chill, trying to plan some chill events, um, are you okay if I do that? If he just stops by for a little bit, you know, kind of dialogue with people in your life. So trying to make it more casual, I do think this can all happen before you're exclusive. So you could start to meet some of his friends. He could might start to meet your family or some of your friends before you've decided to be exclusive, before he's your boyfriend. That is totally normal and fine and helps you decide if you want to be his girlfriend. Do you see what I'm, where I'm going with this? Um, an example of this was I actually met Trav's best friend, Sean. I think it was our third or fourth date. So tr- I think Sean already had plans and Trav was going along to see, um, it was like a theatrical version of the screw tape letters, like a theatrical reading of the screw tape letters that was super good. And Trav just found out, oh, I can get another ticket. Would you like to go? And I was like, great. So it's kind of, it's like we've been hanging out. We've been talking on the phone, what have you, texting. And it's like we kind of added another date in there. I think we even had another date plan the next week, but we weren't exclusive yet. I was still very much like, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> um, and yet I had a chance to meet his best friend in a super casual environment. There were a couple other guys there too that he knew from church. And it was so chill. It was just like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. Chatted a little bit after the play. And then we all left, you know, but I got to see a little side of him. Oh, he has these good guy friends. Tell me about, you know, we're driving home. Oh, when did you meet Sean? He starts to tell me their story of their friendship. I get to hear, huh, you guys have known each other for a long time. Oh, you guys went through that together. Oh, you went through this. Oh, you hang out with his family all the time. Hmm, interesting. I'm gathering information. I'm getting all this info about what kind of friendships Trav already had. And that is super helpful. So that was just a casual meeting there. Um, I have my, I mentioned a friend, Tracy. (laughs) I was pretending a scenario, but this is a real scenario with my friend, Tracy. I was roommates with her when she met and started dating her now husband. 
And so she, they, the two of them had gone on, I want to say two dates, maybe three dates. They were not boyfriend-girlfriend yet. And she was leaving to go to dinner with him for this third date. And she was like, I just kind of wish we could do something more active or do something with other people because – like we've done the like, oh, we're sitting down talking, you know, looking at each other, talking a lot. <laughs> and she kind of wanted to see a different side of him or just be around other people. And so in the moment, my other friend Melanie and I were like, well, we're just both hanging out here tonight. What if we happened to be playing games when you got home from the date? <laughs> she was like, oh, that sounds great. So lo and behold, you know, hour and a half later after they walked to dinner and came back, we happened to be playing a game in the living room and they came in and I was like, hey, you guys want to join us? And they're like, sure. So we had we got a chance, you know, for another hour to play games together, get to see another side of him. She got to interact with him with some of her friends. And it was a super helpful interaction. And did we we didn't manipulate the situation. We just planned ahead a little bit, right? <laughs> so um, made a plan, tried to help her, our friend, as she was dating because they both had solid friend groups but didn't have a ton of overlap, nothing that was naturally where they would both, you know, they were at different churches, that sort of thing. So there was there wasn't really a way that they were just going to suddenly hang out with a group of people unless either of them started to be more intentional about it. So make a plan like that. Try to just see like, oh, maybe he could stop by when we're doing roommate dinner or what have you. I think there's ways to visit each other's churches. That doesn't have to be a crazy huge deal, right? Um, Trav and I didn't start like attending each other's churches until we were engaged. That just kind of happened for us. But we would visit each other. So again, that is even part of not canceling plans. So it wasn't suddenly like one of us ghosted our church community just because we'd started dating someone. It was like, no, we're both going to our same churches that we've both been involved in for 10 plus years. And then slowly started going, oh, one week we go to yours, next week we go to mine, because it's very helpful to start sitting under the same teaching and preaching, get to talk about spiritual things, get to know each other's community. But there was a right time for that. You know, it wasn't right at the beginning. So again, using wisdom, using discernment, when might be a good time to start visiting each other's churches. Um, I think I mentioned last week going to dinner club where I brought travel along for that. So that was so nice to already have this sort of community of friends that I could bring him along to. So just trying to get a little bit intentional when or how could you start meeting people or hanging out together in ways that you're not just the two of you, right? Um, even finding ways to serve together. Our church has VBS coming up. It's called Adventure Week that I'm helping with. And I know of a couple dating couples that are serving together. And that is so great. Like that's such a helpful time when you're serving together, especially if that's what you want your life to look like. If you desire a life where your marriage is about serving others, then why not start serving together while you're dating? It's a great idea. Host a party, like I mentioned last week. Hosting together, it can be a little bit, it's kind of good to have some stressful moments <laughs> together. See what this person's like under stress. Um, I joke sometimes that some of the great best things to do while you're dating and you're trying to decide if you want to marry someone or someone needs to get sick so you can see what each other's like in your kind of lowest physical moments. Um, it's good to travel, just like see what this person's like, navigating lots of new scenarios. I have another friend that would throw in putting Ikea furniture together, <laughs> a real test of communication skills. So all of these things, like could you try to be intentional and kind of plan some of these in into your time together? just in order to help move things forward. Because neither of you probably want to just date to date. Both of you would, you know, I'm sure you're with someone who would like to be married someday. So why not help the process along of gathering information, figuring out, do you like him? 
Is this person a man of character and worthy of your time, affection, of you joining your life up with his? Um, So let me just check my notes here. Oh, I was going to tell you one more story. Okay, so I don't know this. We were not engaged yet. But Trav and I both, it's like we started pretty intentionally saying, hey, you should meet this friend. Hey, let's have dinner with this friend. And later we realized we were we both kind of had like probably a top 10 list or top five. In my mind, it was like, I cannot say yes to being engaged to this guy until this friend meets them or this mentor meets meets him. You know, like I knew like basically the girls that ended up being in my wedding kind of <laughs> I'm like, he needs to meet them. I want them to sign off on this. And really, that's my point about all of this is that it's not just, oh, how nice to get to meet each other's friends. The point is, is that it really is helpful to have other people helping you make this decision. Now, obviously, you may have unhealthy people or people that are not trustworthy that have given you bad advice in the past or have not had your best interest or really don't know you well enough to be speaking into who you should be dating. And you need to discern that and figure out and ask the Lord to help you. Lord, whose whose voice should I be listening to in my life? And that he will help guide you to see this person's opinion matters, this one. Oh, I disagree with that. And for this various reasons, other people are telling me, yeah, that's kind of an off opinion. You set that one down and let it be, right? But really recognizing that it's so helpful to date in community so that it's not all on you to make this decision. At some point, it is. It's you deciding, do you want to be with this person? You will be the one standing there before God and other witnesses to decide if you are making a covenant and promising to be with this person forever through all the good, bad, and all the things, right? However, in the process, it's very helpful to have other people around you, seeing how your relationship is developing, noticing how you are in relation to him, getting to know his people and so forth. It's so helpful because it helps cut through some of the anxiety. It helps cut through some of the falling in love kind of in la-la land. Like you're just like falling for a guy, but you're like, I need to keep my brain engaged here because this is a big decision. Having friends around you, getting to know his people is so Helpful. So that's really what I'm trying to encourage you toward as you're making this big decision and you're trying to figure out the answers to those two questions. Do you like him? Is he a man of character? A wise way to go about that is both to allow the guy to earn his way into that inner circle and then utilize your inner circle or the first few layers of people um, to help you figure those things out because you'll start to see different sides of him. I had a real moment of freaking out (laughs) before my wedding. I don't remember the exact timing. I was definitely engaged. It was probably a few weeks before the wedding. And I just had a major freak out moment where, you know, Trav and I had only dated seven months before we got engaged. So I knew of him maybe a year or so before, but we really never talked or became friends until seven months before I said yes to marrying him, right? And then three months later, we were getting married. So I just had a freak out moment like, Lord, (laughs) I wanted to go back to... I just wanted the Lord to like tell me, yes, you should marry Travis Austin, which, you know, in a variety of ways, he did tell me that, but I I wanted like the audible voice or the writing on the wall or something. And I knew that the way of wisdom, you know, God can do that, but I have found that he typically guides us in different ways, right? And there was a place where I was making a decision. It was not a moral choice. I could have chosen to yes to marry Travis Austin or no, I wasn't, God would have been blessed, would have blessed and been pleased with me if I'd made either decision. So that made me kind of freeze in terror. (laughs) And what I found helpful, 
because really what I thought was, I just met this guy. I barely know him. What if he ruins my life? You know, it's a big risk, y'all. This love thing, getting married, it's a risk. But what I what was very comforting and what the Lord brought to mind is he made me think of the, the men that were going to be in our wedding, the groomsmen. I thought of these guys that were in Trav's life who loved him so much, who had stuck by him through a lot of things, who had seen him grow over a number of years, you know, each friend in a different way. And I thought, hmm, that guy would show up and talk to Trav if he did something to me and hurt me. He would show up and call him out. That other guy, yeah, would probably even beat him, beat him up a little bit. Not, and you know what I mean. But like, these were men who took like God's word seriously, who take what Trav was vowing to me in our wedding. And I was suddenly so comforted, like, oh, these are men who are going to look out for the good of our marriage. And that brings me a lot of peace because maybe I hadn't known him for that long, but these guys had known him for a long time. And suddenly I was, the Lord used that to kind of put me at ease to even know I couldn't know the future. I couldn't know what we would go through together, but I could rely on the fact that God would be with us, that his presence would never leave us no matter what choices, good or bad, we made, and that we had people around us that wanted our marriage to thrive, that wanted us to do well, that were saying, we see the two of you together and we're excited about this. We think that God is in this. We think that this is good. We are for this and we want to help you do well. And that brought me so much peace. So I would encourage you today to stop and think. You know, that's obviously at the end of our dating story as we were just about to get married. But I think that being intentional about choosing to bring relationships, other people into your dating process, that's something you can do from the get-go. That's what I've talked about, like having friends, like processing dates with them or showing them profiles that you, you know, guys you meet on a dating app, showing them messages you have or telling people about it all the way then until you've started going on some dates and suddenly you're like, okay, how could I do something where I get to hang out with my close girlfriends or we hang out with that couple that we know or what have you starting to build some time in where you can get to know his people, he can get to know your people. And then over time you start to see, oh, we start to have some of the same people. (laughs) There's some overlap there. And suddenly you find that the guy Either you've decided, oh, you know what? I don't want him to move further into my inner circle. And it's time to say goodbye. And that's okay. That's part of this process of dating. Or you find that he keeps moving closer and closer to the inner circle. And you're really excited about that and blessed by it. And suddenly the question goes from, do you want to hang out one more time? Now you've maybe you're in a relationship. And even though it's scary, the question becomes, well, are you ready to say goodbye? And if the answer is no, like, no, I don't want to say goodbye. And that was for me when I was freaking out before I met Trav. I'm like, I don't want to call this off. Or, you know, I wasn't really considering that, but that's how I felt. It felt very scary to me. And I asked myself the question, do you want to say goodbye to him and never see him again? And I immediately was like, no, (laughs) I want to see him again. And, And realizing the decision, the thinking about it, the feeling about it was, yes, I want to marry this man and I will work through the fear with the Lord and in time. And so really being able to get to that place of, am I ready to say goodbye? The answer is no. I want him to keep moving toward being in that inner circle with me and becoming my closest relationship. So anyhow, I hope some of this has been helpful, got you thinking about your situation. If you aren't in that phase yet where you haven't met someone that you're going on some dates with, I will keep praying for you and hope that you can tuck away some of this wisdom for later. Lord willing, I have hope that you can meet someone that you will go through this process with. And if you are in that place, I hope that you're able to be intentional this summer, start making some plans for how you could both let him earn his way into to your inner circle and 
allow some community to come around you and date within that community. So know that I'm praying for you. I think you're doing great. Keep going. Keep seeking the Lord, asking for his help. And I will see you next time. If you have any questions or comment, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at laura at heymrsaustin.com. I'll talk to you later.